Amen? Well, good morning, church. You're awake this morning. How beautiful was that? You know, I, uh, sometimes I, I preach a message before I get into the message, and I'm going to do that today real quick, real quick. It's an amazing time when, you know, God's presence falls on a place. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited that he's here today. I'm, I'm, I'll get lost over there by myself worshiping, just me and God talking. And I really think that's my heart and prayer for you as, as people that come to Oasis, that you would just feel that same love and that tangible presence as you worship. There's something to be said when we lift our name, our voice up to Jesus and to heaven, and we just ask him, Jesus, come. Come and meet. And that's our prayer for you. So as you get alone with Jesus, as you're, as you're in your car driving, as you're at work, wherever the case may be, just know something, that what happens here can happen there. Jesus can meet you anywhere you want him to. Anywhere you ask him to, he can come. And so I just challenge you, I encourage you to just continue to draw close to Jesus. Amen? Amen. This week, we're going to continue in this series called Building the Core, installment number two of this week. If you have your card on the back of it, today's message is entitled, Prayer, Our Direct Line. It's the second thing that we stand on. It's a pillar. Let me just give you a quick overview of why we're doing this, right? I told you briefly, it's, it's biblical principles that we believe here that we're, we're teaching on and we're talking about. Last week was Jesus, our hope his city, our home, that we are called to be here in this city, that we're called to call this place our home, and we're called to reach people. Amen? Amen. Today, though, we're going to talk about prayer, which is the most important thing here as a church that we believe on. But you know, core, in the the old language, per se, means heart. That's really hot. You could turn it down a little bit. Sorry, guys. It means heart. And then that vessel also it means filling the vessel so core means heart and filling the vessel what we're doing here as a church as we're building the core is filling the vessels of our hearts with the things of God amen makes sense paraphrasing as much as I can really quickly that's what we're doing we're not building Oasis's name we're not trying to get our core values out to you guys and be like this is what we believe in no this is what Jesus says in his word and as we build our core, I believe this church will be stronger. I believe you will be healthier in your walk with Jesus. You'll get stronger on your journey with Jesus. This is a journey with Jesus, amen. This is a faith journey. And every single day there's new battles. There's new things that we face. And we want you guys to be strong in your hearts, amen. Amen. So that's what we're talking about. That's what we're doing today. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Hebrews 4, chapter 4. I'm just going to read it here real quick this morning. Hebrews, the author really is unknown, but this was written to those that were being persecuted, Jewish Christians that were being persecuted. And this scripture is a powerful one if you think about it, that what they're walking through, this was written to them. That, hey, listen, you have a high priest in heaven. His name is Jesus. No longer do you got to go to the, the priests here on earth. You got the one priest, the main priest. His name is Jesus. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold hold firmly to the faith we profess. You notice how it doesn't say just hold on to it a little bit. That'd be really awkward if it said that. It says hold on firmly, a firm grip, don't let go. Hold on to the faith that you have. You may be persecuted, you may be walking through stuff, you may be going through some things that you don't want to be going through. Hold tight, hold on to it. The reward is worth it. Amen? He continues. 
For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Jesus walked through this life here on earth. He faced the stuff we faced. He didn't sin, but he was tempted in every way. So we have an example to follow. If Jesus can do it, if Jesus shows it, he's given us his spirit to empower us, we can do it. Amen? I'm going to preach today. I don't care if you're going to listen or you're going to say amen. I'm going to preach. This is an important message for the church today. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Let us approach God's prayer room with confidence. Boldness. Confidence. Boldness. So that we may receive mercy and grace in our time of need. Jesus, this is your word. I pray, Father, that the words that are spoken here today, Father, will fall on ears, God, that ears will be opened up, that hearts will be opened up, that minds will be opened up to receive. Holy Spirit, just flow through this message. Let what is said be of you. In Jesus' name, we ask. Amen. Amen. Prayer, our direct line. How many of you have had to call into a place, maybe a doctor's office or an office space, and you call and you want to talk to the doctor, but you all know that's not going to happen. You get a receptionist line. Nine out of ten times, you're going to speak to somebody before you get to that doctor or to that person that you need to speak with. They're amazing. Receptionists are awesome. I had one when I worked at Olivet. She was incredible. She was an amazing gatekeeper. <laughs> Any phone calls that I didn't want to take, I was like, nah, call them back. You can take that. You can handle that. It was awesome. But how many of you know the people that were calling to speak to me were probably a little frustrated at times with me, just being honest. They called because I had my number on my card. My direct line was on that card. And they called and they spoke to someone else. We've been there. You're expecting to speak to somebody else, but you get the receptionist. Better yet, you call sometimes, some places, the automated services. How many love the automated services? Nobody puts your hands up because if you do, you're lying. You don't like to sit on the, the phone for four hours clicking through numbers to finally get to the person that you want to talk to. I had to call because of us moving recently. We had a situation where we thought we were supposed to move to one place. We didn't go there. We had to move to another. But we switched our mail three times in that time. So needless to say, we have no mail coming to us because it's lost somewhere out there. But how many of you know I called the United States Post Office? And I clicked through buttons, I'm not kidding, for 35 minutes. Once I finally got to the point of them saying, yeah, you've reached this space, guess what it said? Your wait time is approximately four hours. Four. Not four minutes, 40 minutes, four hours. I said, forget this. Click. I was so frustrated, I drove to the post office. Could have just done that from the beginning. Don't know why. Laziness. We're all lazy. Americans, praise God. We're lazy people. I said, are you kidding me? Can you fix this? There's people out there today that want to talk to so many people. They want people's direct line. Jimmy Butler. Anybody see this? Past couple weeks, he was just traded from the Chicago Bulls. We will miss Jimmy. We need to pray for the Chicago Bulls. Amen? They need help. So do the Bears. So do the White Sox. Cubs are doing great. They're God's team. Amen. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler gave his direct number out to people at a press conference. And thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people called him. His phone, his number had to change. 
I tried the number. And it worked. It went to his voicemail. I left him a message. I was like, Jimmy, love you, bro. Best of luck to you. We're praying for you. Thanks for leaving Chicago. I called his number, but I didn't get him. I had his direct line. I didn't get him. I have some doctor's numbers. I got their direct lines. I don't always get them. Anybody grateful that we have a promise here in Scripture, a promise that never fails? These words are true. They are yes and amen. They are so powerful. We have a promise written to us as the people of God that says to us, walk into the throne room of grace just like whatever. It says, walk into the presence of God with your prayers with confidence. Confidence. Such confidence that you're going, I can come to Jesus, the one we're singing about, the one that we love, the one that died for us, that saved us from ourselves. Anybody thankful that Jesus saved us from ourselves? I am. I was really messed up. I was really lost. I was really broken. That's why sometimes I think, man, I just experienced Jesus in such a real way that I will worship him as crazy as I can be. I will scream praises to his name because he saved me. I told someone earlier, I drank four cups of coffee already. I'm like sweating. This is already happening. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually, because this is good news. We have the confidence to go to the throne room of heaven, no longer hoping to catch Jesus' ear, no longer hoping that our prayers are going to be answered. Our prayers are promised to be heard so that in our time of need, he will pour out his grace and mercy. We have the direct line to Jesus. The direct line. No longer do we have to, to go and ask somebody to get us to him. No longer do we have to pray some prayers hoping that the right prayers will get us to Jesus. We don't have that. If you grew up in that type of way, that's not how we believe it works. That's not how scripture believe it works. When Jesus came, no longer did we have to go through somebody. We went through the one. His name is Jesus. So we have the privilege to say, Jesus, I'm here with you at your feet. Let's do some work together. Let's talk today. Let me, let me, let me hear from you. Let me, let, me, let me share what I'm going through. Let me receive you. But God, let me praise you because you're worthy of it. We have the direct line. We don't call Jesus and we don't get the red button. Anybody ever know that you called somebody and you get the red button? You know what I'm talking about? The decline button on the iPhone? Oh, yeah, no, I know. Sometimes I call my dad. Actually, sometimes I call my wife, too. Okay. And I know that I get the red button because you know it rings one time and it's voicemail. 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 Anybody else? Just me. Sometimes you call people and you're like, I know you see me calling. I know you're not busy. You're hitting that red button because you don't want to talk. I do it sometimes. Sorry, if you call my phone and it goes to voicemail, you're all judging me now. You're like, yeah, you're my pastor. You need to be picking up your phone. It's true. But sometimes I can't answer the phone, so sometimes I hit the red button. Sometimes I just sit, nope, I'll call you back later. Hey, I'm busy right now, I'll get back with you. Jesus isn't working like that. 
He doesn't say, hey, my child, you're going through some stuff. I'll just let you chill. I got some other stuff to deal with. I got some bigger issues to deal with. You see I'm running the universe? There's a lot more than your little simple prayers. That would be terrible. If he's like, hey, I got all this craziness going on, and you're asking me for some things. You're wanting to change in me. I don't think I have time for you. The good news about Jesus is that he's got time for you. This is encouraging. You could say amen, church. This is awesome that we get to go to the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the lord of lords, the savior of my life, and we get to sit at his feet just as little as I am in this universe. This tiny little man, me, JP, not that important, not that popular, not that big, and I get to go, Jesus, I'm here with you. Jesus, you're listening to me. Jesus, it's so good to be with you. Hey, Jesus, you know, I, I've, I haven't come before you lately, but you let me come back in so quickly. Hey, Jesus, you know, I, you know what I've been doing. You know what I've been stumbling, and you know what I've been struggling with, but at the moment that I come back into your presence, that I call upon the name of Jesus, you let me come sit at your feet because that's the scandalous of grace. That's awesome. We don't have to hope. We don't have to pray that we're going to maybe get to him. We don't have to hope that we say the right stuff to get to him. We got him. You could say amen. Sometimes, though, we pray and our prayers don't get answered. God doesn't hear my prayers. He didn't come through the way I wanted him to come through. Man, JP, that's a great pump-up message. Yeah, awesome. I love it. Great. Cool. Yeah, boldly before his throne. I've done that. And I got nothing from him. Oh, let me just say this. I think you did get something from him. You got what maybe you didn't want to get from him. Maybe you got an answer that you didn't want to receive from him. Maybe you got some direction that maybe you didn't want to get from him. Maybe he's doing more that you are, can't even see right now in your life. Maybe he's not bringing you that Mr. Right or Mrs. Right because you're not ready for Mr. and Mrs. Right. I'm just praying, JP, for a spouse. Are you? That's great. But what are you doing to prepare yourself for that spouse? They're like, well, I'm praying. God should answer my prayer. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. See, because in Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says this, and many of you know the scripture. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper act of worship. So that is one of my life verses. I love that verse. Present myself before Jesus. But there's some things in there that I recently just saw. I've been reading that scripture for quite some time. That's how cool scripture is. Probably five, six years I've read that scripture like, yeah, I'm presenting myself. But there's some things that jumped out at me because oftentimes we see Jesus in his presence. We pray to Jesus in his presence and our prayers don't get answered. You want to know why sometimes? Because in that it says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy. So what is that saying, JP? That's saying see God in his great mercy. You know what mercy means? Not getting what we deserve. Oh, that's powerful. Anybody else? So it says, see God in view of his mercies. So I'm seeing God when I go before him. I'm praying before him, knowing that I'm not getting what I deserve. Well, I deserve a lot. That's not what this is talking about. We deserve death. We deserve death. 
But Jesus came so that we could have life and life abundant and eternal life with him in presence. Amen? And so it says this, that, you know, sometimes we see what we think we need. We see what we should have. We see in sight of him that, hey, this is my plans, God. Anybody ever prayed that prayer? It's my plans, God. Meet me where I'm at. Amen? If I commit my plans to the Lord, he will make my path straight. I'm committing my plans to you, Jesus. No one else prayed like that? Y'all really need to pray for me. They need to pray for me. Because I prayed that way. These are my plans. This is what I want. This is what I deserve. This is what I should have. And none of it happens. And I'm like, God, where are you? You promised me. You told me to come boldly before your throne. I've asked you this. And then I read this and I see that maybe, just maybe, I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not getting the, the path that I want. Because just maybe my path is a little bit jacked up. My plans are a little bit messier. God's plans are amazing. God's plans are pure. God's plans are full of love and of grace. So I want to see him. So if I don't get it, maybe our perspective is wrong in it. The second thing is surrender. It says in that, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So it's saying to surrender your lives before Jesus. God, what does it say? God, hey, I'm here. I'm here. Do whatever you want. You know, when you say that, he's going to do whatever he wants. <laughs> Unless you're like, do whatever you want. Fingers crossed, hope you don't do it. <laughs> he's going to do whatever he wants. But that's how we should go before him. Hey, I see you in the way that you see me, through your mercy and through your love and through your grace. But now I'm surrendering in your presence. So, hey, I'm going to come here. I'm going to present what's going on in my life. I'm going to share what's going on in my life. Good news is, is he already knows it, thank God, and that he's already moving. And so, hey, God, whatever you want to do, I'm going to surrender to it right now. But we got church, churches and people, Christians, followers of Jesus going, he didn't hear me. He didn't listen to me. He didn't act on my behalf. I'm done. It says we see him. We surrender to him. That's a hard thing. Surrender is hard, right? It's really hard. But it's so worth it. It's so valuable. The other thing is this, is we sacrifice there. It says to... to to, as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, to present our lives as living sacrifices. What does sacrifice mean? Yielding ourselves to his plans and purposes. Yielding ourselves. So we see him, we surrender, and then we sacrifice ourselves. We yield ourselves to his plans. Hey, you know what, God, you didn't give me that job. Hey, you know what, God, you didn't come through my family this way. Hey, you know what, God, you didn't heal my family member that I was praying for for so long. But you know what, God, I still trust you. I still believe in you. You're still the healer. You're still the provider. Even though I may not be where I want to be, you're still taking me to where you want me to go. I trust you. You know what this all comes down to? Faith. Tell us more, JP. Have a deeper answer. There's not one. It's faith. Faith to believe that Jesus did enough for us. Jesus has done enough for us. If we... Mm, we as the church, we want so much more. Jesus did enough. He died on a cross. We don't need anything else. We don't need anything else. I want a lot of things in life. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. I'm like, we need this, we need this, we need this. New TV, new this, new this, new couch, all this stuff. I tell her all the time. The reality is, I don't need it. It's awesome. I'm not saying nice things are bad. I'm not saying to have stuff is bad. That's not what I'm saying. Don't miss it. Don't get it twisted up in here, okay? But what else do we need? God, I don't need anything else. I just want you. I'm yielding my life to you. Three things. Is that all right? Three things today. 
that we're going to just take away from this and go and change the world. Amen? Prayer is so important. Prayer is vital. Prayer is essential. Why? Do, I don't even know where my card is. Anybody got the card? Anyways, there's, eight, there's seven things on there. Seven, eight. I should know I wrote them. Terrible. Pastor. Oh, you're not prepared. Yeah, well, I should have taken more time. How many? Eight? Seven? Eight. There's eight things on there. People's next. People. Next week. Come in here. It's going to be awesome. Why do we put prayer first? Why don't you put people? Why don't you put the Bible? Why don't you? Well, I believe in the word. Trust me. That's essential. That's just known in this church that this is what we live our lives on. Prayer? Because it's the most essential thing I believe as a believer. It is one of the things that the church is lacking more than ever today. Jesus says, I want my house to be called what? A house of prayer. We've made it a lot of other things. We've made it a lot of other things. A lot of cool entertainment. We have great stuff here. We have great graphics and great songs and great worship and all these great things that we do. Because we believe in excellence. We're going to talk about that. But guess what? More importantly than anything else that I want people to experience here is the power of prayer. Is the power of calling upon Jesus to pray bold prayers. To say, God, you can do incredibly, immeasurably more than I could ever hope, dream, or imagine. You that began the good work in me is going to carry it on to completion. You have great plans for me. You have a future that's bright for this church. You're going to change the city. You're going to stop violence in the city. You're going to change gang members' hearts. You're going to change police officers' hearts. You're going to stop injustice. You're going to change. What do I have to do to preach in this church to get you all awake we go boldly that's why we have Wednesday night prayer I'll get to my points y'all like you said three points you got to hurry up that's why we have Wednesday night prayer it's the most important meeting for us for the week this is cool this is awesome I love this people are growing people are coming more and more people but Wednesday night it's where it's at it's awesome. We gather as the church. We worship and we pray and we intercede for people. And we lift people's burdens up and we lift the needs of the city up. And in that, that's when the heavenly realms start to shake, start to move. And guess what happens? Hell starts to shake. I want to be known in hell. Can I just say that? You're all like, what? <laughs> no, I do. Someone said that to me. My mentor said that to me one time. I said, JP, what do you want to be known for? I was like, well, there's a lot of things. Um, you know, he's my mentor. He's an awesome guy. I love him to death. Super spiritual father. Amazing man. And I'm sitting there trying to give him the best answer possible, right? Like, I don't know what I want to be made for. Um, and he's like, you know what I want to be made for? I was like, what? He's like, I want to be made to be known in hell. I was like, I am a terrible pastor. <laughs> I was thinking of all these other things. I was like, excuse me? He's like, I want to pray so hard for people. I want to intercede so much for people. I want to love people so badly. That hell shakes when I wake up in the morning. I can get with that. That's cool. It's cool by me. Yeah, I'm down. Do we want that? Do we want a church? That's our heartbeat for a church. It's to gather as a church, is to pray, as to intercede, as to lift up the needs of our people, of you. And to see miracles. There's been miracles that have happened in this church through prayer. I'm looking at some of them. I know it. I always get to hear the stories. You may not always get to hear the stories. One day I hope that we can share the things upon things that God has done in through this church because of prayer. This, just look around. This is a miracle. This is prayer. This wasn't just we're hoping for it. Oh, we're just hoping for God's best. Hope is good, but hope is Jesus. But 
asking and going boldly and praying and trusting in faith, believing that what we're praying, God's going to move, God's going to do. He's going to align our wants with his wants. So come to Wednesday night prayer. Be a part of it. If you're in the city, if you call this city home, come and join us. We want to pray. If you can't come, take the time at home to pray. Seven to eight. We have a Google chat. You can Skype in. You can chat in. We love to get together as the church to pray. But let's build a house of devotion and God will build a house of ministry. Amen? Did you catch that? Let's build a house of devotion and God will build a house of ministry. Three things. In prayer, we receive communion, consecration, and commission from God. First thing is this. We pray so we can receive communion with Jesus. We have the direct line. We've talked about that. We know that we can go boldly. We're not just sending up wish lists of stuff. He's not the great waiter in the sky like, hey, God, this is what I want. This is what I want. No, we get to come boldly before him, and we get to ask him to align us with his heart. We get to be in communion with Jesus. Is anybody thankful for that in this house this morning? We get to be in communion. You know what communion means? Let me tell you. The sharing or exchanging of intimate Thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. The exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings. That gets me excited. We get to be in communion with Jesus, the King of Kings. Guess what we get to hear from Jesus? His intimate thoughts about us. I love my wife. I'm married to the greatest wife in the world. She tells me how amazing I am, how great I am. She does. She's, she's one of the most encouraging women in the world that I know. I'm having the worst of days. I walk in. She's like smiling. I'm like, stop smiling. She knows. I'm like, stop smiling. I don't want it. She's like, no, you're going to put a smile on your face, and you're going to love it. And I'm like, okay, let's smile together. She's encouraging, right? But if I just put my whole communion into with her, I'd be empty still. I'd be empty. I need communion with the God that created me in my mother's womb. I need the words of him to put me in there. I need an an identity check when I'm with him. We have an identity crisis. You all know this today in the church. As followers of Jesus, we got some serious identity crisis. People don't know who they are. They don't know who made them. They don't know how great they are. They don't know the talents and abilities that they have in them. They don't know who they are. You want to know why? A lack of communion with the Father. Because they're not hearing him. They're not receiving him. They're not hearing what he has to say about them. Well, JP, what does he have to say about me? Let me just give you some things. You ready for this? Open up your ears and hear this one. We are a new creation. We are co-heirs with Christ. We are the temple of God's spirit dwelling in us. We are a child of God. We are the the son of the light, not of darkness. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are free from condemnation. We have received the spirit of God. We are the head and not the tail. You want me to keep going? Guess where those are all found? JP, that's great writing. Came up with some really good things to say to us. No, Jesus says those about us through his word. You're struggling with identity. You're struggling with what people have to say to you. You're wondering, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to operate because my confidence is in the toilet. Guess what you need to do? You need to go hear from the Father. You need to go get in communion with him. You need to know that you go boldly before him. You're going to receive something great from him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Sometimes people say to me, well, I go into the the prayer closet. (laughs) It's weird. It's a weird saying that the church has to say. I go into my prayer closet, and I pray, and I walk out angry. Angry! It's me sometimes. 
Because when I want to go and I want to hear and I want to receive, I don't shut up. So in communion, it says, you hear. You don't just share, you hear intimate thoughts and feelings. Some of us need to stop. Go into his presence and say, God, I'm here. I love you. Thank you for meeting me here. Now speak to me. And just sit in silence. Well, what, how do I hear God's voice? I promise you, you go before him, you shut off the phone, you get off the Instagram, you put that stuff away, you turn off the TV, you go get alone with him, you're going to hear from him. Your spirit's going to come alive. It may not be audible. If it is, awesome. But it may not be. But he's going to tell you who you are. He's going to tell you what he wants from you. He's going to tell you where he wants you to go. Anybody else want to hear God's voice? Anybody want to be in communion with Jesus? Whew. This is amazing. This is, a, like, this is something that oftentimes I can't put to words because it's... I know what it's like to not be in communion with the Father. I know what it's like to be so separated from the Father that even as he tried, because he's trying, he's pursuing, he's pursuing, even as he tried to get me, I just shut it off. I didn't want to listen. I didn't want to hear the things that he had to say about me. I wanted to make my own life, my own choices, my own things. Enough's enough, church. we got to say, you know what? No, prayer is how we get close to the Father. Prayers are aligned to him. I want Jesus' words for my life. Second thing is this. Jordan, come on up. When we pray... We receive consecration from Jesus. That's a fancy word. You know what that word means? To receive separation and holiness from God's spirit. To be set apart from this world. Oh, JP, that's a, this is awesome. Great encouragement. Love the, the words being said over me. But I'm just not cool with separating myself from the world. Then you really are missing the point of why we're here. Prayer separates our spirits from the world's spirits. It doesn't take us out of the world. None of us get sucked up the moment we pray the prayer of salvation, right? You know why? Because he needs us here. He needs us here. But while we're here, he has some work for us to do to build his kingdom. Anybody grateful that we get to be a part of building his kingdom? So while we're building his kingdom, at that time, he needs to continually separate us from the world. Not remove us from the world, just not be like the world. You can be in the world. There's things and there's times that I step into places and situations that other people, religious people, would look and go, why would you go there? Because there's lost people there. And you know what? Five years ago, I couldn't do it. Ten years ago, definitely couldn't do it. But today, I just feel a little bit stronger that I need to go there. But when I'm there, I'm not touching the stuff they're doing. I'm not saying this in a prideful way. I go and I say, God, I want to be set apart for you. So give me your spirit of strength as I walk into this place. I'm not going to hang around that place all day long. I'm not going to dwell in the place all day long. But I'm going to be there with people. I'm going to be there when someone's crying on my shoulder saying, I just lost this. I just lost my loved one. I'm so broken. I'm so hurting. But communion with the Father sets me apart so that as I walk into that place in space, I have the strength, I have the anointing of heaven to be like, you know what, I am here for a reason, to love people and to share the good news of Jesus. You can say amen. Set apart. I want happiness, JP. Jesus didn't want happiness for us. He didn't die for happiness. Happiness is okay. Joy's better. Holiness is what he died for us for. I just want to be happy. No, I heard it yesterday. It was amazing. I was writing the sermon. I already had it in my notes, and someone already preached the message. 
That's all right. I steal a lot of my messages from a lot of people. Just kidding. Kind of. Some of my good friends, I'm like, hey, bro, can I borrow that? That's really good. He's like, they're like, yeah, take it. But he said there's going to come a time where your spirit fights against happiness and holiness, where it rages against it, where it just fights. Man, I want happiness. I don't want this holiness stuff. People aren't going to like me. People aren't going to be cool with me. Man, I'm not going to fit in. I'd rather be happy. Happiness is based off of happenings. If you base your life off of what's going to happen, you're going to end up very empty. So I want holiness. I want his spirit to be in my spirit. I want to I leave the stuff that I dealt with 5, 10, 15 years ago, two days ago. I want to leave that at his feet when I go before his uh, throne room. And I want to get closer to him. I want to be closer to him. I want to be more holy. I want to be made more holy in his image. I want to be just like Jesus. Happens when we get before him and we consecrate our lives to him. We don't need happiness. A few more things we're going to close. This is encouraging you. Go bold. But you know, in Joshua, Joshua is an amazing man. He was awesome. He took over the kingdom of Israel right after Moses. He was an incredible man. Read the book of Joshua. It's awesome. But Joshua is now ruling and reigning, and he says to the people, hey, I'm going to wake up very early. He doesn't say, but he wakes up very early, Scripture says in Joshua 3. He wakes up early in the morning. That strikes me as interesting. Maybe we should wake up a little bit earlier and spend some time with Jesus before we go step into the world. Oh, well, I need my sleep. No, yeah, you need him more than you need sleep. I promise you. Because that coworker at your job that you want to rip their head off, you're going to need a little bit of Jesus' consecration in your life so you don't kill them. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> it's the truth. So it says Joshua woke up early in the morning and went and talked to the Father. Went and talked to God. And when he talked to God, because the people of, of Israel were about to face something, they had to cross the Jordan, and then they were going to go to Jericho. They had to face a lot of battles that were raging. And Jesus says to him, go tell the people this. Now let me pause real quick. If I'm the leader of a great nation and an army, I want Jesus to tell me the whole game plan of how he's going to destroy these people. Anybody else? I want the artillery, how we're going to make this happen, how we're going to do this. I would want that. And Jesus says to him, tell the people to consecrate themselves before you so that tomorrow they will see great things happen. God, <laughs> it's really good news. <laughs> you want people to pray to consecrate themselves so that they will see great things happen. Do you know what we're about to face? Do you know what? We have to cross a river. Then we got to go to a city called Jericho. It's not really a great game plan, God. He says, no, go tell the people consecrate themselves, set themselves aside, go pray, go get close to the Father, draw near to me, tell the people to go do it so that tomorrow you will see great things happen. Who wants to see great things? Oh, your hands should be up. You want to see great things. You want to see miracles. You want to see signs and wonders. You want to see a city called Chicago change. JP, you preach that message all the time. Guess what? I'm going to preach it till the day I die. So get used to it. Welcome to church. Joshua says, consecrate yourselves before God so that tomorrow you'll see great things. They saw great things. They passed the Jordan. They marched around Jericho. Walls came tumbling down because of them marching and praising Jesus. But he said, before you do anything, anything, consecrate yourself. Get close to me. Get set apart. Last but not least, when we pray, we receive our commission from Jesus. It's amazing. At the altar, you receive God's works of direction and empowerment. The altar is where we receive the grace we need to become a competent minister of the gospel. 
You want to go change the city? You want to go tell your coworkers about Jesus? Just all the stuff that I've been telling you about? Then you need to get Jesus' spirit in you before you go out and do anything. Amen? You got to get close to him. You got to know his heart. You got to know what he has to say about them before anything else. It's where we receive vision and empowerment. Do you ever feel like you're in a situation and you don't know what to share? You don't know how to speak? I was in this this week. I was surrounded by some very smart people. It's interesting that we were talking about Athens last week, the think tank, and then guess what happened? I should stop preaching messages. You know why? Because God always puts me in situations that I just preached about. Hate that! Just me. Okay. He says, oh, you talked about smart people in Athens and how Paul spoke to them and addressed them and all that stuff. Guess what? I'm going to dump two very smart people in your pathway, and you're going to talk to them about me. I was like, no. Pick somebody else. I sat there, and I... I texted some people and I said, I need some prayer. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a conversation that they're talking about stuff that my capacity, I just, I have, it is out there. But I, I saw how broken. I saw the pain. I saw the hurt in these two individuals. And I just simply said to them, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a thing that we believe in and it's, it's Jesus, the King of Kings. And, and you, you believe in this, and you believe in that, and you, you, you try, to, try to fix your stuff over here and do this and that. Well, that's all cool, but it's not working, right? Simple. Simple message. I just said it, and they're like, no. And the one kid actually backed away. He was like, this is making me uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, because Jesus is here right now. He showed up. This is my commission. This is my call. This is what I'm here to do, to tell the world about Jesus. And so if I can't do it with two people that are a lot smarter than me and I expect to do it with a bunch of people, I'm wrong. But Jesus, this is my commission for today. That's your commission for every day. That no matter who, no matter what, you're not inadequate because guess what? When you get before Jesus at his altar, he tells you things to make you adequate. So stop using that excuse. Can we just throw that excuse out the window? Two minutes left, I promise we're out of here. Got two minutes. I'm going to try to do my best here. Is this encouraging you? Throw the excuses out the window because when you get boldly before the throne room of Jesus, you don't have any more excuses. I just am inadequate. No, you're not. You're the co-heir of Christ. His spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in you. Acts chapter 2, the upper room, they're praying. They're praying. They're waiting upon Jesus for 40 days. Jesus' spirit comes in, rushes over them, does an amazing thing in that moment, outpours his spirit on people. And guess what happens? Peter, my boy Pete, I love Peter. Me and Peter are a lot alike. Peter was highs, then lows. Highs, then lows with Jesus. One day he loved Jesus. Next day he denied him. Don't judge me. You're all like, mm-hmm, yeah, we know, Pastor. Peter was in the upper room with them. He gets filled with the Spirit of God. Guess what happened right before that? He denied Jesus three times. Denied Jesus three times. The same Jesus that he walked with day in and day out. He denies him. Now he's in the upper room praying. And he gets filled with the Spirit of God. And guess what Peter gets called to do? He gets commissioned to go out before all these people that think they're nuts, they actually think they're drunk, and he tells them the greatest sermon ever told, in my opinion. He says, hey, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. Yeah, I may have denied him yesterday, but guess what? I got alone with him. I got close to him. He changed me. He told me who I am. He forgave me. He cleansed me. He washed over me. So let me tell you about Jesus. And he told people about Jesus, and thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people were saved. Are we satisfied with, with, with this? Are we satisfied with just this? 
Or do you want to see thousands upon thousands of people come to know Jesus? Do you want to see people, and Peter didn't stop there. Guess what happened? He saved thousands of people, and then the next, next chapter, he goes and heals a lame man. Well, that's really awkward and really weird, JP. Guess what? I want the same power back then to be alive today. And guess why we don't have it? Because we're not getting close to the Father. We don't want to get along with him, because you know why? We're afraid. We're afraid that he's going to say some stuff about us that we, he already knows. He's not going to point the finger. He's going to open his arms. He's going to say, come on, come close. Get, get, get with me. I know you've screwed up. I know you've messed up. That's cool. I forgive you. Come close to me. Get close to me. And as we do that, his spirit comes alive in us. And so you know what? We're going to stand. We're going to sing. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. We need some people in this city to rise up, to get boldly before his throne. To say, you know what, Jesus, I may not have it all together, but I'm going to get communion with you. I'm going to get set apart by you, and I'm going to get close to you. I'm going to get commissioned by you. So I encourage you, let's sing it. Come on. We're going to sing this song. Lift it up to heaven. Just rejoice with Jesus this morning. Praise him for who he is.